Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 22nd, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episode is going to be focused around exploring what could possibly lie ahead within Destiny. This particular episode will serve as what we have come called the intro session of the week's exploration. And fair warning, it's probably going to be the only episode. We'll probably pair it with the top three that you would have already heard by the time you hear this episode. Um, Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 This is the in-all-white and a little bit of light blue green-eyed music lover. I changed my outfit on the game. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know what that means. But... I no, like I generally like I've always in the past ran a very dark, like blacks and greens, sometimes reds type character. Mm-hmm. And then for I, I feel very I don't know if this is a curse word, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I feel very ballsy anymore <laughs> in Crucible. So I'm in all white with a little bit of light blue now to go with my awoken complexion. It matches my blue eyes. Very Hunter of you to do Mm -hmm. the aesthetic. (laughs) (laughs) And last but definitely not in the least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Garson. Gar, how are you doing? Too bad. How are you guys? I I know we've been talking a bit, but... um, Yeah, definitely. My Hunter's rocking Neopop wave, because I'm rocking the 80s look. I like it. That pink Pink and the blue. Oh, yeah. No pop wave for life. That's not coming off my hunter. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, um since My Titan's the one that's all dark and gloomy and kind of So I'm in PvE, he's bright I'm, green. I mean happy goth day. We're recording this on uh May twenty second, twenty twenty. So <laughs> this is technically uh goth day according to Raz's Twitter feed all day mm-hmm. long today, but uh, Garstone and I actually met through Isakol a couple months ago. We played together on PS4. I believe it was on PS4. Yeah, I don't play on any other platforms. Yeah. And we got to chatting a little bit about lore on there. And I just wanted to do a quick rundown for the folks who may not know you. Where can they find you on the interwebs? Um, so you can find me on Twitch. Uh, Twitch tv slash garstone that's g-a-r-s-t-o-n-e um you can find me on twitter uh garstone but the o is a zero because i can't get the other mm-hmm. is it? somebody stole it yeah, it's his name 
oh. Jerry Stone. So, yeah, gotcha. I don't think he's ever given it up. But uh, and then Discord PSN, same thing. Garfield. Is it as in the same as your Twitch or same as your Twitter? Uh Twitch, same as my uh, Twitch. Sorry. Gotcha. Yep. Just wanted to make sure. So if people wanted to find you, they can get a hold of you easily. So I wanted to start with our normal rundown of questions, Gar. What is your favorite lore story from Destiny? Um, my favorite lore from D1. So I played D1 a bit um, up to House of Wolves. Um, and then I quit halfway through and then didn't come back till Cyrus. Okay. Um, so my favorite lore um, be the Rasputin stuff the war mind um happy with you know dlc i was super pumped for um this season i've been very excited to find things out um yeah so that's say, kind man, of been my you're in you're in, you're in hog i'm in heaven right yeah and like <laughs> when i found out that um and like the iron lords lore and the tie-in with that so i my friends finally took me through wrath of machine two ago Mm-hmm. For my first clear, so I got to kind of learn a bit of the lore and you know talk to Saladin, and I went through all the storyline for that. Got really sad because I had to kill the Iron Lords. Yeah, I mean, Wrath of the Machine I mean, was a great raid back in yeah, D1. So, you know, the story mission killing Felwinter and them in the Perfection Complex. Or no, what was the room? Uh, um, Iron Tomb. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, that made me kind of sad. So, like, that whole story of Rasputin and the Wormine tying the Siva into it, and then DLC, um, and then, you know, and all that. That's kind of been my favorite. Um, and then I guess yeah, be the Fallen stuff. Um, I love their story, and I'd love if they expanded more on it. We haven't really gotten mm-hmm. a lot in Destiny 2 about Fallen, in my opinion, anyway. Sure. Um, I wish they would ex- expand more on you know, I'd like to learn more about the whirlwind and like what actually happened to make the fallen end up the way they are. Why there's these stuff. different factions fighting over different things. Mm-hmm. For yeah. Well, like I understand the house, and- but like now there's really nothing left. So what's motivating them? And like, I just want to know. That's fair. Well, like Mithrax far. and yeah, Mithrax and the house yeah. of light and everything. Oh, I, I'd love if they expanded that as well <laughs> yeah speaking of mithrax we had that question the other day on twitter on what if there's a house sigil tied to mithrax yeah i saw that did anybody find so <laughs> the one that he's wearing right now is the same as house dusk which is arguably the same mm-hmm. as house rain the difference being that instead of the deep-seated purple like that you normally it's see blue on it, now right it's uh, it's a dark like it almost red blood red. It's not it's not so, quite um, as dark red as the devils, um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's it's like a a very royal red. Fun tidbit: when we do the mission on Titan, I actually did it the other day on my warlock. It's gray during that mission. It's that mission, red. well, because he mm-hmm. was with, but he was running he was, with rain at that or uh, with uh, that point dusk, wasn't he? Yeah, was yeah. he? Was with he was, the, yeah, I think he was still technically wearing dust, dust color at, at that point because I the whole house light thing really didn't I think come into full effect um, until later until really until recently. the zero hour yeah until right before zero hour came out well, so we had to do the mission and stuff. 
but he was supporting Guardians even back then, right? Yeah. Well, I think it was not. It was Zhur, wasn't it, who helped? Zhur was the one who. Yes, Zhur was the one who showed him kindness. Because he thought that's what turned. That was the whole thing. He tried to jump off the cliff, and she was like, "Nope." (laughs) Well, and that's Zhur helped him realize that not all non-fallen or enemies humanity or yeah 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 and then some guardians showed him kindness too so yeah because yeah. he had because he was running to kill him uh well and also he had the fire team that he was running with mm-hmm. oh, yeah. was, well that was after so, we saved him though that was right. after we yes. didn't kill him yes yeah the, our, our guardian canonically didn't kill him so Even here's one more interesting there was the it was a choice the option too yeah Another question for you. Since you did not play after House of Wolves until after Curse of Osiris, I'm curious when you got into the lore of Destiny, because for me, I actually didn't really dive super deep into the lore until House of Wolves. It wasn't until that expansion that I actually got really sucked in. So I'm curious where you really found your passion for So I got into the hype of destiny during that like first E3 announcement, in, like 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so destiny is the reason why I have a PS4 um, play destiny. Um, so, you know, I caught up on every little tidbit I could until it got released. And then I think it was the alpha I played when I was just the moon missions. Mm-hmm. We had a couple yep. of missions on the moon and then you could just explore and dick around on there. But um, that, started my well is there more to this game than just shooting aliens in the face and you know collecting loot and then that's when i started you know not that one did a great job in the lore slash story department but what was there intrigued me enough you know the little tidbits the ghost you know when you do scan missions Mm -hmm. you hear the speaker talk about you know the golden age of humanity and that's kind of what piqued my interest and then um, the whole lead up to air showing up in the tower mm-hmm. like that, you know, I wanted to know more about the fire team that failed in the Hellmouth and that yeah. kind of stuff really got to me. So I try to find every little, you know, every scannable. That's when I started finding the ghosts, um, especially when the reef came out, finding all the dead ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that what- gave you the, I think those gave you the grimoire cards, right? So yes. I'd, I'd read up on those on the website, which was kind of clunky, but, you know, it was all we had. Um, yeah. So, you know, for, you know I try to... For as that. much grief as uh, Vanilla Destiny got for the storytelling, it there are still so many people, so many people who are in love with the story that is there mm-hmm. that well, it makes you, you wonder if they really actually had too bad of a, a system back then. So playing through it, I will say it was kind of bad. Um, they could have done a better job. And like, you know, we've heard about all the different things that happened Sure. now, you know, with how things started the going with Activision stuff, and yeah. all that stuff. So like, I understand, like, I just wish we could have seen had planned, you know, because you can see where they were going with certain things. And then it just kind of went, I mean, mm-hmm. That still kind of happens now. <laughs> yeah. More meat to things than there was back then. But, you know, what was there was great because it, it let you to, you know, speculate or 
just until you found something connected it or helped you flesh yeah. out where your your thinking was going. So that's they've done a really good job. I mean, the the grimoires were the grimoire card stuff was kind of clunky, um, but it worked at the time. I still think Even, there's aspects of the grimoire that are a little better for the delivery gathering system. the lore together yeah like we miss a lot of lore like if it wasn't for the ishtar collective mm-hmm. you know all the lore on the weapons and the different ships and the sparrows and the all that really not pieced together stuff we'd lose because they didn't really build start building things until right well, like we had also, those lore pieces the, the grimoire card but, also gave <clears throat> a sense of organization i think is the big thing mm-hmm. for me that i miss about the grimoire you could read yeah, it, well, it, it was like the same implied, story. Yeah, it was implied yeah. that these were linked, you know, maybe not necessarily <clears throat> in the order that you got them, which is fine, but at least we knew like topically they were, you know, the same category. <clears throat> Whereas with yeah, the you know, you injuries, had ghosts it's like five, and then you're like, oh, okay. You're right. There's yeah, five other cards I need to go there's, find. There's, them. there's at least four <laughs> others somewhere out there. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that drove that kind of passion and interest. Um, and that, so, you know, getting the lore books, like when Forsaken came out, that was one of my driving factors. You know, I would, if there was new lore that came out, I was going to get it. That was Mm kind of my goal. I would go and find what I could. Um, same as, um, try to read as much as I could on all the different armor and the weapons and stuff and try to figure out where that all fit together. Um, so I've spent, I mean, sure. Ishtar Collective has been a lot of free reading. <laughs> um, yes. Trying to catch up and try to piece some of the story together. Um, so I really enjoy the fact that they, they've done a really good job doing that. Yeah. The stories together that are really apparent that they are actually you know, um, related to each other. Baxter and the Ishtar team have done this community, in particular the lore community, such a huge service by taking care of that website the way they have. I, don't I will think this ha- community would be nearly as well thought out or well fleshed out if they had. I think there'd be more um operation in the community if we didn't have that. Like mm-hmm. we'd have very differing opinions that might not be correct if we didn't have that to piece everything together. Mm-hmm. Thing that really keeps me in is the more books. Mm-hmm. That they've been putting out. Um, so I own both of the available volumes. So I've been reading those. Um, it was really cool because I missed out on like the whole Touch of Malice stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's in the first grimoire. Um, uh, like I knew about the Books of Sorrow mm-hmm. before because they mentioned that in the Dark Below. Um, you didn't really get to read too much about it because it wasn't available till the was it the Calcified Fragments and stuff. Yes. Um, yes. How to tell you about um, those lore cards. Yeah, but like there was always that that inkling, you know, you heard about it from the world's grave when your ghost scans it. You know, he mentions, oh, you know, in the books of sorrow, it says this. You're like, okay, well, what are the books of sorrow? So getting to read those was pretty cool in the uh, mythology. Um, and then the Touch of Malice stuff and, you know. Fun fact. As was far more, as you, I was just going to say, fun fact, the... Return of a Touch of Malice-like weapon. It's not Touch of Malice. Is Tommy's matchbook the same mechanics in it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> um, but 
you know, so it's helped, you know, it helped me find out that Eris was still, you know, a major player in that whole situation and stuff. So mm-hmm. those grimoire anthologies have helped catch me up quite a bit because it like the second one is all about the fallen and it has all the wrath of machine stuff that I might've missed, like that whole background and stuff. So I think it's nice too that, that Bungie started putting those out just so people who may not have dived into the lore of so much back in the day. And for those of us who did dive into the lore, but don't know what's considered canon and what's not anymore, because technically all those lore cards are gone. They're not, mm. well, that's a different debate Unlifted. from a different time. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's it's Amazing. nice to have that reaffirmed, reaffirmed, interesting lore cards in the background. All right, I think you kind of actually already answered the last question, which was, what is your primary class? You mentioned that you played Titan. Mm-hmm. Titan, Titan, always going to be a Titan. I do play all three, but Titan is the character that I brought forward from D1. It's nice. the only character I had played in D1. I do have a Warlock and a Hunter in D1, but they haven't even made it through the intro quests yet. So, Do you have um, a primary subclass that you play with it? Or so, do you use all of them? I stick with lately. I've actually been a Thunder Crash Titan in PvP, um, mm-hmm. just because it's so much fun doing the Ballistic Slam, mm-hmm. <laughs> flying through the air. So in D one, I was a striker. Um, I was a Death from Above guy. <laughs> I love that you know flying mm-hmm. through the air and slamming down. So a little bit of Halo esque feel to it. <laughs> I never played Halo, so <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I got the you know just that. Flying through the air and slamming down on people. Yeah. um, But when I started playing D2, um, uh, Sunbreaker, the the lore behind the Sunbreakers and Flaming Hammer at people is really fun. And I laugh all the time (laughs) when I do it. (laughs) You're one of those um, people. <laughs> are you a are you a little hammers or are you a big hammer when you um, do your sunbreaker? I like the that's such I a great question. Such a great question. I actually like the I used to like the code of the devastator, so the big hammer. Mm-hmm. Um but I've been leading more on the they call it the siege breaker, the one with the sunspots. Okay. I've been I leaning like that on one. that one a lot more than um the other ones but i've played all three for okay, a long okay. time i did top tree mm-hmm. i don't remember what they call that one but um i like the little explodey hammers yeah the um, ones that are basically like mini grenades that will yeah. wait until you touch them and then blow you up <laughs> well no I, I like like when you throw the hammer and explodes on the thing that it impacts and throws like little pieces of it all over the place oh, okay um, i gotcha so i so Pens says metal tree dune marchers. Okay. Way more fun. Way more fun. <laughs> I do dune marchers with devastator. Cause I feel like Thor. I throw the little hammer and it does the lightning. So when you throw the hammer, if you have linear actuators activated, it does the lightning around it when it impacts. Mm-hmm. Thor, it just doesn't come back to you when you throw it. That's all. Um, uh, tiny, no, that tiny <laughs> I love that hammer. <laughs> that is I match actually, my worm gods for that. <laughs> if you want a bow build, that's actually the bow build that Dwyer will use. He will do uh, Le Monarch and that middle tree 
with the tiny hammer, and he'll use his hammer as his final shot. Yeah, I get it. It does enough damage. Mm-hmm. It's a especially if it's with worm gods on. You don't have to worry about switching <laughs> weapons. Yeah, he's he's pretty gross with that. But <laughs> I don't use Antaeus words. I've never used them because I just don't slide enough. I like flying through the air more than sliding on the ground. So. And this is why we're friends. I mean, if we had Twilight Garrison, I'd be all over that. I missed the days of Twilight Garrison, but I've seen what it can do. Yeah, that would be my go-to exotic if it was around. So. Sure. <laughs> well, Blue, I think we are ready to move on to the topic of the night, the looking forward topic. How do we want to start this? Um, I guess just really, you know, obviously since we're going to be talking about, I, I guess, if you did not get the clue from the title, we're not going to hold back on spoilers that have been released in-game granted by the time this comes out you should well be aware of everything that we're going to probably be talking about but just in case you somehow have missed those updates that you know just fair warning fell winter's lie and all that stuff is fair game um so i i think that is the only really caveat that i was <clears throat> kind of planning on like being like hey you know don't don't be surprised about that piece um other than that, you know, really, I'm curious, it's going to be kind of a little bit more freeform conversation than, you know, this book says this, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts were like around, <clears throat> for me personally, I'm more interested in like seeing what could possibly happen with like the city and from a political standpoint more than okay so starting with the starting with humanity and Mm -hmm. where we think they're going or if they're going anywhere if they're going anywhere yeah yeah um i mean i guess the big question is do we save the last city from the almighty crashing into it uh i am pretty sure we are going to how that's gonna plan play out like i mean almighty is really massive so sure apart into tiny 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 little pieces with you know if the city's going to survive um the the thing that i worry about with that is they they really haven't built it up besides the it's this incoming impact this impending doom doomsday countdown right like that's the that's the mechanic they're using it as with that being the main drive do we think that it's actually like, is it just going to disappear? Because if it just, if we take it out with the help of Rasputin, it's still have debris. honest. It's there's debris and there's kind, yeah. it's kind of anticlimactic because yeah. we haven't had that much to do with it. Besides I think, the honestly, towers. what, and I, I don't know if this is what's going to happen, but I think it would be, this is my little, my more sadistic side kind of showing through. But I personally think it would be hilarious if we make it miss Earth and instead hit another planet. And it's not the darkness that takes out another planet. It's actually us. Like, um, I'm like, you know, the way of Rasputin. Yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, like, it's it's because of our actions, actually, that we destroy that we destroy something rather significant. Sorry, Mercury. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, it's probably going to I still think it's going to be 
Titan, but you know, whatever. I just, I, uh, I don't okay, know. So it, it can't be Mercury because it's already left Mercury. No, 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 no. So, have you guys seen any of the spoilers and leaks that have been coming out? I don't know how accurate, obviously, because they're leaks. But according to Game Rant article that came this week, the the actual planet disappearing or the moon disappearing is titan according to that article I, that, to me i i have not seen that the the reason i wouldn't be surprised by titan is just simply because of the whole crock and mare thing all of a sudden popping back up there was really like there's there's no reason for nothing it to. to connect to it except yeah. for a sudden another sudden catastrophe well there's and, another thing that Black Flag mentioned to me in a different stream earlier today is that there, if you look at Sloan's inventory, it says limited time on it. It yeah. does. It's listed as a limited it's time. Still there? I don't think there's, I'm pretty sure. I don't think there's any other vendor in the system that has that. Well, Anna's was doing it too. So I don't know if that's just UI glitch or. I don't know about that. Cause I guess my only thought there is, is could that be because of a weekly reset? I, I don't, I honestly, I don't pay attention to planetary vendors anymore. Right. So I'm the worst my, person to. That's why I'm asking if other vendors have it as well. Because if. Well, if I know it just, came up. I saw it on Twitter and somebody posted a picture of Anna's. Oh, Pins, Pins says in chat, there is always a weapon that is for a limited time. Okay. No, but it was on the, it was on the emblem, not. Oh, it wasn't so just, it was like oh. on just like general inventory. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it. To me, like taking taking all the little, you know, spoilers or re- leaks or whatever, just from like a story standpoint, I, I still think Titan just makes the most sense. Sure. If we're going right. to have the lore from Kraken Mare. Yeah, and, well, and then you had the double down of the Kraken Mare lore with the whole hacking of Zavala's ghost or take whatever you want to call it, taking control by Rasputin. Like, I, I don't know. Like, to me, it's just it's weird because there's like the context doesn't exist really for that whole story. And well, the head. other thing that you have to remember is that the primary and like protagonist on Titan was, or like not the protagonist, the antagonist was the Zavathun tie-in, and Zavathun's now so tied into the Dreaming City. Does it even make sense that Titan's around at this point? Because is right. she fighting on two fronts, or is she fighting on one front? Where is her I'm trying home to Because um, the other thing is the the other most the other really current thing with Sabathun is actually on Io. It's not on mm-hmm. Titan because that's the, the whole. Um, oh, what's the strike? Core. Yeah, mm-hmm. the festering core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there's the whole debate between um, Zavala and Eris about knowing what she's going to do. Yeah. yeah. There's that. So if which which so makes me sad a, because Titans really like I actually really like Titan. Like I really want to. Dude, know more I want more. About, I want more arcology. There's so yeah. Much there well, it's just it's, and it's not even really them. just the arcology. It's like the whole thing. Like the whole thing with Titan was that it was a human project to try to replicate. You know what the Traveler did. So there's there's so much wealth of information mm-hmm. that would be really cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing, the other reason I kind of pick on titan is because you see the abuse of power by an exo and by rasputin and with through, the whole through thing, rasputin it was mm-hmm. yeah and so like with the whole thing with this whole um his the fell winter's lie thing 
what did they find on Titan that caused him to hunt down that? Well, it was the same. I, I still argue that it was the same thing that they found on the moon. It's, it's connected to the other anomaly. Uh, yeah, it well, been. the anomaly was communicating with something out in deep space. Right. And mm-hmm. we now have Anna has experienced the deep space anomaly. Osiris has experienced Osiris the deep did, space yeah. anomaly. And Osiris actually brought it And like Osiris actually went into the anomaly. Um, mm-hmm. Anna, and I think Ginger was the one that was like, let's get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, and Rasputin was with her, which I still, th- if I remember the timing, I think Through it was the because, helmet. Yeah. well, I think it was because of that inner in encounter that he was able to tell Osiris about that. I, I, I want to say mm. that was the timing thing. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know, like I, I, to be honest, if, if I had a choice, I would get rid of, honestly, I'd get rid of earth because I'm like, <laughs> the 80s. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's just, it's I, just I don't too know. much tied to it though. But the well, earth, and that's like the thing. EZ and the dart tra- or like the shard and everything. It's so stinking important to a lot it, of the it story. Is. Which and the is plaguelands are still there. The yeah, I don't, still I, there. Full, di- full disclosure. I don't see it happening, but like, for I would me, rather them get rid of Nessus. Like I, I like failsafe. But I, I don't. I, I mean, Leviathan's still eating Nessus. That's what uh, I was about to say. Nessus is just like Titan. Actually, there's there is a looming threat that it would very neatly explain Nessus being taken taken out. What if they got rid of both? Let's I'm, do that. I'm, <laughs> honestly, I'm okay with like. that because uh, I mean, Nessus. I, the only reason Nessus to me stands out is because of the connection to the Vex. Everyone's mad at me in chat because of failsafe disappearing at that point okay but this is this is okay hear hear me out though evacuate and this is we we've seen and we kind of talked about this before we started the recording we have now evidence that an ai level entity can be put into a platform so a different one i don't want failsafe running around for multiple reasons not the least of which would be the whole chronicon tie-in at that point but right well, I, just, I mean, uh, no. Yeah, how true. Yeah, yeah. I then you bring the Chronicon in, but I don't want to because I don't believe in it. But you want to get those sweet meats, Green. I do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think we're gonna see. Like, we're gonna save the city through Rasputin. Almighty's gonna get blown up. Happen. Um. I would. The bet. last city is going to go anywhere because then we start. You know, the last city disappears. Then, in a way, What's the point. Well, Bungie I mean, supporting that... the dead orbit at that point. Yes, I was just about to say yeah. we have the ghost fragment dead orbit with the mobile fleet. Right, like, well, that's dead orbit's whole philosophy is take everybody yeah. in the city, get the yeah. heck out of here. You know, decentralize, <laughs> decentralize the the threat. Yeah. So well, I mean, that's the point. If we, what if we lose the traveler completely? I, I have that as I have to. that as a uh, actual question. Actually, yeah, <laughs> you think? My belief is we're not going to. But I mean, well, I mean, there's a whole it's... host of really fun rabbit hole questions that that would, could bring up that I would be mm. really excited to see. Like, not not the least of which is. What happens to Guardians because we are the Traveler's energy? Like, that's where we get yeah. our powers is the Traveler's light. So if the Traveler is gone, what happens? We lose our light. Yeah. 
The cha- you know, traveler allows us to channel enough. it for sure. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, we, the channel. Yeah, the channel. Right. Ghosts, because we've always been described as those who are imbued with the traveler's light. Right. So through but, the ghost, the traveler gives us. Right. But the light itself, the power of the light isn't. It's be, we're able to use it because of the traveler's connection to us. But it, the light itself is an energy force. If we're going to get into like oh, the Star Wars aspect, yes. it's a it force be, that it is. Mm-hmm. No, 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 keep going. Greg. What? Yep. What if this is way out there in left field? What if the traveler gets destroyed completely, mm-hmm. but we figure out a way mm-hmm. to actually? Uh huh. I know. I, I know. I know. You know where I'm going. <laughs> That we I'm so actually, excited. I know you're excited that we actually are able to utilize the light on our own without the need of a traveler being the um, godparent that's giving us the ability kind of thing. It's just, we're, I don't know how to describe it's, it. You, it's an you know, interesting thought. It's a return to the shamanistic model that we saw kind of being presented within the Taken King. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, we also have evidence of a alternate source of power with the shard of the traveler. And so it, it yeah, like, but it's still part of the traveler. Though. That's right. The but if the traveler gets destroyed, similar to the almighty, it's still going to have debris. And we've proven that the yeah, residual but the traveler is still alive to keep that shard. Right, but is up, it right? is it the this the shard of the traveler? Us attuning ourselves to the shard of the traveler means that if the base, the big part of the traveler, the normal traveler, if that got destroyed, would we still technically have our powers because we were attuned to the shard, not the base of the traveler? Right. That would also imply the aspect of perhaps you don't have to have the traveler at this point. Perhaps you only need to be attuned to even a portion of it. And how does that even work? Well, that goes back into our ghost actually from the traveler. Love that debate. You know that. Oh, no, I know. I know. But I mean, but going along, that's an, that's an easy way to, to answer that debate is if the ghosts are actually made of the pieces of traveler, then you would say, no, the traveler doesn't need to be there if all you need is a, fra- a fragment of the traveler, because you have a fragment of the traveler traveling around in your backpack. Yeah, but it's a channel. The traveler right, is right. still giving us right. powers. Not It doesn't come from the ghosts. They pull their power from traveler. So the way I look at this is if you look back in, I mean, how honest can we believe the books of sorrows but when they talk about the um the gift spire Mm -hmm. that the was imbued with the traveler's light but it was still the travelers the traveler was still alive so they still gained the power the the question comes down if i don't think if the traveler dies i don't think those shards would still it's only because they have a connection to the traveler still that they're still active is that the case, though, because of the... That's my belief. That's my belief. That's my belief. I don't the, think. There is a scannable in the EDZ that calls out that it's not necessarily connected because it's a commingling of the Traveler's Light with something darker, darker. or something more. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it's the word... If the word because it's been broken. They do use... They use darker. not necessarily darkness, but it's darker. And I think that's why we're able to walk shins a line that he was looking for in a guardian well, that's I, why he backed off is i don't we think we're able to bridge the two 
because of our connection to that shard that's been corrupted. I don't necessarily that shard's think not. that's the case because Shin wasn't necessarily connected to that shard. Um, oh, but he was looking for somebody that was able to walk both lines. Absolutely. Right? And I think that is another topic to come up. Uh, it was something that came up quite a bit on Twitter today is the idea of us utilizing darkness versus light in the future. We've already don't been following that gonna, line. I don't think, because Shin said, if we do dip down there, he's going to come back and kill us. So I don't think we're going to go that route. I don't think that's where Bungie wants us to go. Actually, with the story. I mean, we're, you start embracing the darkness, we're no longer the heroes of humanity. It's kind of the role we've been playing. We, you know, we're are the last hope of the only ones that have been doing anything in the world, right? It always comes down to us to save everybody. So I don't think that is going to happen. Because then we're not, again, that's, that's the way I look at it is yeah. I don't think we're going to get that power just because we don't we we become the exact opposite of what we've been the whole time. Sounds good. Blue, do you have a tie into that? That is along the lines of my thoughts. Not um, not only that, but <clears throat> like the whole like breaking the fourth wall there too. You would have to have a lot more player um freedom because you would have to then <clears throat> allow for players to choose more than just you know three subclasses you would have six subclasses basically or you know five mm -hmm. subclasses or you know whatever because if you're gonna have a darkness you're gonna have a dark mirror of each one arguably but like mm -hmm. that much i mean the whole this is me kind of breaking fourth wall but the whole thing about losing a planet is that they don't want to tax more resources and and so like losing a planet is one thing because that's a play space and I can see how that frees up a lot of space, but then turning around and being like, yeah, we're going to double everyone's subclass. It's like, yeah, I don't see that's, that's going to free resources. I'm, that's not what I mean though. The, the, I don't necessarily think dark guardians is at least in that respect of having our guardian have a darkness version mm -hmm. of each subclass. I'm thinking more of more like Shin where you're following a darker path. We've already been set on that path multiple times for various different reasons. Right. Whether it's killing Aldrin and Forsaken or the way that we handle things um, with Shadowkeep and Eris. There are a lot of different things that are a little bit not mm. kosher as far as the quote unquote being the light side of things versus the dark side of things. That's more of what I'm meaning. I'm not saying they're going to create a secondary class. Well, and I, I mean, yeah, but we've already redeemed ourselves from that by creating Luminon, cleansing the original Thorn, right? That's and I, I guess you know, not narratively, to, not to pick the bone on the whole Forsaken thing too, but it's also not canonically confirmed that we were the ones that killed. We Ultra. were the one that pulled the trigger. Yeah, no, but they haven't really said who's pulled that trigger yet. So. Right. Well, and I and I hope. I mean, to be fair. I hope they don't, because then it allows the player the illusion of having that choice still. You know, that's that's I, something like to me. I, I, I don't really, think I think it was. I really think it was Petra that pulled. I, it, I, I mean, cannot in my head canon. I I like to think that too, because I don't. To her, she had more. 
to to her, it was more like getting to Aldrin meant more to her than us. Killed their entire her entire people. She failed the queen to keep them safe. Right? He betrayed everything that the Awoken were. So I could see her take him out. You mm-hmm. know, as well, revenge I mean, on again, but then that again goes back the to Awoken. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like I have, I have my own tangent opinion about the quote-unquote morality that we have Mm -hmm. been given as guardians because really honestly we haven't been given that choice um no and it's it just to me that bugged me because i'm like you know my my experience with morality goes from like fallout and you know where the actually it actually has an impact on the game like i think putting a putting a shoe shoehorned you know, choice into a game to me is not the same as giving your players a choice. And, um, and I think that as far as like, especially when you start talking about guardians with light and dark and, you know, yada, yada, I think that becomes even more important to let your players have a choice, like let them choose. Does your guardian walk the path of shadow or does they, do they stay in the light or do they fully embrace the dark? But, and I know pens had kind of answered, uh, I know green, you had put this question out on Twitter, uh, think earlier today but like you know that was one of the things is like if we're going to go down this road then you you got to let our choices make have more impact like the vanguard versus drifter well give us the actual choice and i don't think they're ever going to go that right right which i mean and i'm don't don't yeah don't mishear me i am completely fine with them not actually giving us a choice but but then in the high and then like on the flip side though then don't pretend like you did like don't call it a morality choice and then not have it impact. Well, I mean, the we've done fits the narrative they want to tell, right? Right, right. So there's been a morality thrown on us, but we got the choice, well, quote unquote, the choice to cleanse the original Thorn. Yes, we had to do some shady stuff, but we had to do shady stuff to even get Thorn in D1. Right. We well, and, go I, into and like you know, and kill people. Right? The uh, you know? the whole thing with that I like as a good example is the whole Vanguard Drifter debate. Right. Like I think that was an awesome quest, and it did really. I, I liked how like there was in in that season a quote unquote cost to to pay because if you didn't choose um, the Vanguard, you didn't get the full lore book. Like you 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 literally didn't get the full story if you chose the drifter and that was a, that was, you know, there was, there was a cost. When you got to see that, let you see both sides because you know, right. The character, um, or how do you say? Yeah. Anor. Yeah. Um, you know, she saw drifter as big, bad evil man. Right. So, and she grew and she uh, then came and then she grew, like she under, she like came to understand that it was like, Oh, okay. This makes more sense. He walks, he comes from like the Drifter's a really good example of what you know, our Guardian could be, mm-hmm. because he comes from a different time before the Guardians, and he's never embraced the Vanguard. He's never embraced you know, as you know, to follow that rigid structure. He's that gray path. So where would you take the story then, if the Guardians with humanity if... or just overall? I was just thinking in regards to. The idea of the the gray guardian or whatever. Yeah. Where would you take the story when in regards to that? Or would you even take it or would you just be like, I think we're already in that 
we're already in that gray guardian. I mean, we're in that gray guardian. I mean, I think my my hesitation is like if if you go down that path, it, it's really hard. It's really hard because you look at how the fallen see us. We're the big bad evil people destroying their way of life, right? Like. And, you know, you start getting to the whole perspective thing. You look at that, but. Well, and I mean, the other thing, too, is like, if we're going to go down that path, then, you know, figuratively or well, literally speaking, too, you have to have a story for each path. And like, yeah. you know, what's what's the cost? Like, and we don't as much have, as they a, don't as, have the development time. Right. And that's and that's that's what. I'm yeah, that's that's where ultimately I'm going to come down to. I don't see it happening because of the the outside of game resources limitation, which I'm completely whatever. That's fine. I completely understand that. Um, Like if I had if we had all the all the resources in the world, I would absolutely love to see an actual moral path, you know, like, you know, hey, this your choice here is you take this bounty to assassinate this one character you know, you see another Mithrax quest line where if you chose to kill the NPC, um, you know, your guardian, your guardian actually has, you know, a, a renowned system or, you know, something like a faction standing system that is tallying up stuff. The problem yeah, with so kind of like the World of Warcraft style. Yeah. Or yeah. like Fallout, you know, again, Fallout, the moral system of that. When I used to play World of Warcraft, like you could fight, you know, back one faction but it made your standing with the other one yeah yeah so i mean it's like but in the thing the thing that's interesting there is you know you have to merge the whole thing with this mmo-esque thing that they keep trying to do um and how do you do that within you know canonical storytelling and the con which i think i think the uh the answer there would be have your have your system based off bounties, not have them based off story missions. Like you know, you get X amount of NPC. You know how how you accomplish the bounty is more important than Determines if you accomplish. Yeah. yeah, if you and then you can say canonically that this character was, you know, this NPC X was was killed, but the method in which they were handled affects the morality of you know or the uh the allegiance yeah the overall allegiance to a specific faction you're like you know your dead orbit faction is not if you choose to side with spider dead orbit's not going to like you because he keeps stealing their shipments you know like actually have actually have a balance between the factions make the factions to me making the factions relevant to would make me want to come back so much more because i Mm. actually really care about what's going on with those stories i'm really interested in how the factions gives you that player buy-in well and it also gives you a pulse on what's going on within the city like that to me is that to me is what i care about um and that's one thing that is kind of missing you just city's there and you just never well and that's that's why like like i know i know the guardian games is a very touchy subject but i mean that was why i was kind of disappointed when we didn't get faction wars back we got the guardian games i was like to me the the faction faction, well that was faction faction, wars but uh, like faction rally that was the faction rally without calling it the faction rally right yeah i mean but it was but it was a faction rally that you didn't have a choice on who you pledged allegiance to 
like you know it was it was class instead of faction which i mean but i mean like to me the faction rally would have been so much more cool because it would have been an option to to expand that story that's a story i really Mm want to see is like i want to see the development of that that you know Mm -hmm. that how how are they handling the whole thing with the vanguard being broken how are they handling they're not going to because the um, almighty and the destruction of this like that's not but we're gonna, gonna pause, every, really we're gonna pause everything to have olympics in the middle of it and the, I mean, the stupid thing with the the almighty is like yes it's supposed to be a doomsday clock but there's really no in-game like oh my god this is impending doom <laughs> don't see the almighty i don't know like i mean i i get what you're saying green but at the same time, this city has been like in game. The city has been bouncing from one emergency to another so much that it's like eventually the piper is going to come for his bill. And yeah, that's, I want that's the, the city st- gone. I just just destroy it and get rid of it. This get rid of the factions. Get rid of the stupidity tied to the factions. I'm sorry, you're not going to get. You're not going to get just, rid of factions. I mean, that's that's a human. Oh, trait. why not? We can. I you mean, you're going to get rid them. of you're going to get rid of the new monarchy if there's no city to have. Any oh, you mean like get rid of like, get rid of the oh, existing factions? I'm talking. I'm talking no, larger picture. Nothing. You're always going to have factions. Like humanity yeah. can't do anything without. You're always going to have the bad guys and good guys, light versus dark thing mm-hmm. too, but. It's, it's juvenile to think you're not going to have that. Oh, yes. To I be agree. honest. But that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Is like That's why I want to know the, the details of that story is because with all that going on, it's like, I mean, okay, sure. Let's, let's get rid of the city, whatever. We still have the trauma. Now we have the extra trauma of, oh, God, everything that we love is dead and gone. But, you know, like, how are we going to... How are we going to do that? Like, that's that's where I'm really curious and really that's what gets me kind of like excited about the story is like, how do you respond to this stuff? Like, what what is your what is your politics? You know, how does that change in this in this time of a black swan event? You know, because that's that's what that is. Here's my question. And please, please let me finish before jumping in on any of this with. The move into Shadowkeep, that direction of things getting very bleak and very dark, and our Guardians having to deal with some very messed up stuff of their own past, and other Guardians having to deal with their own past themselves, like Eris, were, do we think that the tie-in with Eris and Mara and Savathun and all that stuff that happened on the moon with that pyramid is going to tie in very strongly to this next season because of everything going on with Rasputin. Are they going to actually put those threads together in this tapestry? No. (laughs) I'm hoping that they bring some story threads together, but with my friends the other day and Bungie has, in my opinion, been really bad at finishing story threads. And tying them down like this, the lie quest finally tied some D1 story threads. <laughs> and that's been in the works for four years. Yeah, so is- I don't think we're going to see that. We're going to see the culmination of, you know, her. we finally figure out what, what she's been doing, what she's been up to. We, I don't think we're going to see Savathun. I don't think we're going to see the Pyramid Fleet till the fall. Um, then that's the cynical look at it just because 
they've done such a bad job at threads, in my opinion. The thing is, is that's what keeps you coming. That's <laughs> yeah, but like I've been pretty disappointed in. There's a lot of story threads that I'm totally hyped about, and then it just goes. That's just maybe because they're waiting for it to actually come out. So the biggest, the biggest one that got me was, you know, you waited 12 weeks for Truth to Power to finish. I thought, you know, we got the lore book, the last PE, and that was it. You know, there was no, so we know we got the Truth to Power. Now we know what's going on. Blah blah blah. You know it. I don't have a very bright. It's coming next season. I don't think it's going to tie up any story threads. I think they're going to introduce new ones or add more lore and just not answer anything. Um, but it, I think like the whole the, the whole thing with Eris and Mara is like I, I mean the whole thing with her and I think Green you you mentioned this too about the the connection there with Savathun. Savathun has been set up as like the next really big bad um until i think until we get closer to the resolution with the pyramids whatever that resolution is i don't see savathun like there might be murmurs of savathun's movements but i don't see i don't see that particular story thread jumping out fully because i i did they that's not the the cadence that this story has taken um I think you know, we'll get something for that story in the fall. I think I think we'll I mean I think we'll get something that will continue. I I don't see them abandoning it, but I don't see necessarily like a resolution tie-in or anything like that. Like not not a big tie. Um you know, I I just and that's simply because right now the current big thing is these Dorito ships um the almighty like the almighty is the immediate problem right that's that's hopefully going to get resolved at the end of this season um after that then we have the onslaught of you know the doritos we gotta figure that out and then that's gonna put us in what will that be season 12 which will be the the ultimate end to the year i think right which i think at that point if we're going to go with like cadence of, you know, stories that we've seen in the past, maybe at the end of that season, we'll get, you know, a big reveal of, you know, next season, we go up against something that starts the arc of Savathun's invasion or, you know, something like that. But like, I, I think right now the focus that at least this, as I have seen it has been this whole, corrupting force from the pyramids um which i mean i I still want to know how guardians are dealing with the massive amount of trauma that everything caused you know like not just our guardian but like i mean we haven't we haven't gotten updates from a lot of of people like i I want to know how i want to know how asher's doing because asher was already kind of traumatized by stuff and the vex yeah, I mean, like, you know, the Vex thing, his his whole fear of mortality in general, like, that's a huge story that's not been really updated much. Um, So, like, uh, I don't, I mean, it hurts to say that, but I don't see that getting tied up until the end of 
not this season or even next season. I think that's going to be a while before we get anything further. Now, whether or not I'm just trying to think, because the other thing is, is um, we haven't had a lot of updates on fallen. And so I'm hoping we get that and that's going to, you know, that we have kind of, yeah, we have whispers. We have whispers of development with that, with the whole, uh, was it the uh, maintenance log entry? where Osiris has told Saint 14 to go meet with the House of Light. So mm-hmm. like there's there's murmurs there, there's in there's a lot of cool political possibilities there because you know what happens if I mean what happens if the city makes a a ruling to let the fallen exist, you know, beside them. I mean that would just be it'd be just so interesting. How does that work, you know? You have fallen coexisting with humans. I mean, you already kind of have fallen coexisting with Guardians insofar as the House of Light. So to me, seeing the city kind of embrace that that logic would be really interesting to see. Um, and uh, I don't also, think go for it. I don't think we'll see a combination of the whole Savathu and the Pyramid Ship, but I think we'll see movement in the fall. I don't think we're going to yeah. see anything until until then. Um, well, and that's what Black Flag's kind of talking about too. Yeah. Is he's like, does it even need to be tied up? I mean, I guess Green, um, what, I would what like is, to see stories finally get tied up, but that's just well, me. but I mean, that's that goes back to the whole point of the story, too, is like, you know, the story mm-hmm. is an ever evolving thing. So, yeah, but they it'd be nice that they finished threads that they leave and they did say back before Shadowkeep came out, you know, we want to start tying mm-hmm. threads up. Mm-hmm. And, and I really haven't seen that other than. Finally, this season we got story thread tied up of Felwinter and Rasputin. Well, Green, what do you what do you think? Do you think they're going to tie it up? Do I think they're going to tie up which part? Yeah, the whole the whole thing with Eris and Mara and Savathun. I don't know if Savathun will be involved, but I think Mara will come up again, and I think mm-hmm. Eris will be a conduit for it. That's my personal that. opinion. I think that. There's, I don't necessarily think the Dreaming City storyline will get wrapped up in any way, shape, or form, but Mara is, even in this season, even within Trials and Tribulations with, uh, what's-his-face from Mercury, Vance. Brother Vance's story, there's still a tie-in with Mara even in that. So I think she's still going to be a prominent player, even if it's in the background of things. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they're going to just write her story off because she's oh, too I involved yeah. in everything. Oh no. Yeah. I think her story is not going to get written off. Do you think that Eris would be more of the person bringing Mara back than Petra? Yes. 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 Eris has worked more actively with Mara than Petra has, unfortunately for Petra. <laughs> well, Petra is um, a Lieutenant. She's the one yeah. who's always done Mara's bidding. So she's not going to be the go between. I don't think. With mm, Mara yeah. and us, I think Eris yeah. has a lot more involvement in Mara's deeper plans than the and if you look at long ways. And you look at the Taken King stuff, it was Eris working Mara that, you know, working Yeah, with I just, Mara, I, I guess Petra. my question there is because with Mara, she has the whole curse of the Dreaming City looming over right now, which has been technically broken, if I remember canonically. Um, I don't. I know. So. I know. Are like, you, in the, meaning, are you meaning the truth to power aspect? Because technically, that could the be curse lies. is still there. 
Yeah, the curse is still there. It hasn't is the is the off, is the cycle still going? Because I thought that was the whole thing yeah. with Riven. Yeah, the, the cycle is still going. Okay. The thing is, is you can actually game wise, they just so, gave it to us the whole time now because it's old content. You can get but, into Shattered Throne the whole time. That's yeah, the big but, difference. Uh, but canonically, it's still on that three-week cycle. You know, Petra still moves through the city as the weeks go on, and then she resets, and everything comes back. Uh, you know, I don't go there because it's just, it still does the, the cycles. So this was and actually it, something yeah. brought up uh, in other circles. Do they think, do we think they would get rid of the Dreaming City? Not necessarily no. right away. Not like the the idea of Titan disappearing. I yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a line. If we solved the go for it. The I think if the curse it would go away because it's anymore. But then that takes away a whole lot of. There's Content. also there's a line yeah. from Zavala that talks about if since the reef is in so much trouble, it is an opportunity for the city to expand. So, if anything, we could possibly mm-hmm. also see a a uh, uh, affiliation between the reef and the city, as city. you know, like well, they were already the kind of working on that through yes. you know Petra and us and all the things that went down. But here's um, the difficult thing with the the curse, and everyone's like, they need to end the curse. If they end the curse, there goes an entire raid. And that That's is a huge amount yeah. of content. That That's why lot. I'm leery about it disappearing because of that whole tie-in with you lose that well, entire raid. But so. do they? Because they've Riven never done that before. It. No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, okay, so like, I'd see, I just, I slightly disagree because you could still have the content with moving the story forward, like the same way that you still have heroic story missions as being a meditation. Like, I mean... Gameplay wise, I don't know. I yeah, I understand I what you're saying, but like, there's I've seen other games mm-hmm. do similar concepts, and it doesn't affect the I, story. I, I think the curse ending would is tied into Mara story coming back, um, Savathun, and that sort of thing. We'd need all that to come back because Savathun's to right, yeah, the whole Dream like, City stuff. But so, I mean, like, I'm just, without, I'm just saying there is, there is a way around getting rid of the curse without having to sacrifice the raid raid. Like you could put like a raid. It could be, it, it could be an like director thing, like the Vanguard mm-hmm. strikes. Yep. You could do something like that, I guess. That's yeah. True. Or, and stealth Vixen's saying this in chat right now, but like, you know, there's heroic strikes that still have, have Kate in it. Yes. Have Kate well, it. you, you look I mean, at the, um, the arms dealer, it's still yep. Kate. It's still, I mean, it's Cade. The, the arms dealer is, um, ex, yeah, all of most of the most of the strikes will have those, and that's because I think you know I've always kind of understood those as being kind of after you run them for the first time, they kind of become similar to the way that they did the heroic story missions back is, with the meditations just, and mm-hmm, they're just like meditations thing. and remembrances. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see them doing that. To advance that story, I don't think we'll see something until Savathun's actually, you know, um, I'm not really passing that through properly because I don't know how to describe it, but like Savathun continuation because of how tied in to the story of the Dreaming City she's been. Like, yes, it's kind of moved on to, you know, I always gotten involved with the festering core and stuff, but kind of the core of her 
her plans, her her storyline. Yeah, because you know she sent her daughter to uh, then to the distributary, and that's where kind of you know Shadow to Throne stuff takes place. So, oh, with the Duel and Karu thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she she sent like Duel she's still to... tied directly into you know that's tied directly to Savathun. Yeah. Um. So until until we get movement on that whole thing, I don't think anything's going to happen Dream City wise. I'd really? love to see something, but I I get it. <laughs> yes, the community would lose their poop. Yeah, pretty much. Do you think there's going to be any evolution of Guardians? Oh my gosh, I hope so. I it goes back to my I think that goes back to my answer about like the concept of like darkness, right? Is like I would absolutely lose my mind if we could have like even if it was aesthetic like, you know, we, we read all this stuff about in the lore of all these guardians with like these personalized supers and stuff like that. I think it would be really cool to see something like that and to, to have it like reflect like, you know, the personality of the guardian or, you know, however, however you want to frame it. Um, I think that if you could, if we could get it where, you know, like, like I was saying, like, you know, you have a, a bounty board where it's like all right this is the bounty you have to kill him but you have a choice of going this way or this way um seeing like a a a scale of how many guardians did you know the quote-unquote light path versus the dark path or you know like something like that i think that would be really cool um I, i just sadly i don't see it happening i just i don't know if there's i don't know if there's enough uh hardware or there's not you know, a, resources. I don't to think do there's it. enough built into Destiny for that. I think I think you could do it. it. Um but yeah I just sadly I don't know if they have the bandwidth to do it. I just personally I just don't think there's in the game to do that right now. What do you think, Green? Oh I would love to see it. I don't know. I don't know at this point. Do we think we're gonna get any sign of Aldrin? I I hope so. Personally, I hope so, because I'd love... I mean, yes, we got that little lore tidbit, a ship from the dawning, and I I just... I like redemption stories, and that, you know, Destiny is one of the better ones, right? There Mm -hmm. isn't really room for redemption stories. That one in itself is one of the more um, powerful ones. Mm -hmm. I think Aldrin's story is done. I don't think we're going to get more... I think they had that thread there. You talk about how Bungie has so many open threads that they won't finish those stories. I think they create those threads as an emotional draw-in for Mm -hmm. a lot of different stories, but I don't think that those threads are necessarily all going to be used because there's too many stories out there that could be finished. That they take the direction of the primary story where they will and have these secondary stories that they have the option of telling. For years, we were told that we were going to get nothing on the Iron Lords, and look, we have a whole, whole, a whole DLC. And some yeah. that I mean, not just the DLC from Rise of Iron, but this this whole season mm-hmm. is not only about Rasputin, but also about more of what happened with the Iron Lords and the story with Felwinter. So it's it's an option. Do I think they'll take that option? I doubt it. I highly doubt that Eldrin is coming back in any capacity. With the way that that lore card, that little tidbit that everyone talks about, I don't think they're going to bring him back. 
I think it's too easy to just use that as the ending point mm-hmm. and just call it good there. Yeah. But the hunters still deserve a vanguard. <laughs> that being said, though, that is also how, you know, they, they write those deliberately that way, too, right? Because that's, that's the whole thing with uh, Shin, was that John wrote those all so that they could be the one ending if they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stories hanging so that they can go, like, look at the, the Felwinter stuff and the Iron Lords. Mm-hmm. That was left as story threads hanging long ago. Now they just redress, like, address them again and tie them off. Because that same argument, Green, you could you could say about Mara too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in some all, ways, I mean, Mara, Mara is such a large character. I don't see mm-hmm. that happening. But technically, well, leaving her last, threads alone, yeah. Well, I don't no, see but that. I mean, like, technically, the last we heard was everything was wrapped up for the most part with her, and she went somewhere. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, same same as what happened with Taken King. As far as most people knew in Taken King up until recent, she was dead. That was the end of Mara's story. Yeah. You know, and then True. lo and behold, she came back. And I and I don't, I, again, I think Mara is of such importance to the story. I don't see that happening. Yeah. But they, I think that's a deliberate action on a lot of their stories because because of the uncertainty that the future lie mm-hmm. that the future has. So, yeah. but I think it's also interesting. I'll go for it. I was just going to say, it's an interesting concept to write an open story like that, where there isn't oh. a hard ending, but mm-hmm. knowing that your story could be picked up at any time and where it's going to continue and how it's going to relate to everything else going on in the world. I can't imagine how like that's got to be really hard to do. I, I that's yeah. what yeah I can't imagine how that feels to the writers. Like I know like because when we talked to John about the the whole thing with Shin Malfer, I mean he's he know he has the story written pretty much in his head. Like he said mm-hmm. that he's got he's got quite a bit of it written that we will probably never see. Like he has an ending that he knows that he knows where it goes. He knows what's going to happen and all that. Now, whether or not we get to experience that in game is a a different story. It's a different story. But like, you know, I can't I can't imagine how that feels having writing writing a story and then, you know, not being able to see the the closure of it. I think that would be it's got to be hard because that's that becomes your baby you know you want it mm-hmm. to see it through to its end so there's that and then there's the the talent it takes to write a a hook that is ended well enough to yeah. be oh, okay God. on its own oh. to stand alone but also mm. have that ability to continue. tie into the rest it's of the story too like tie into the rest tie- of the universe i mean it in some ways there's still individualized stories like the whole iron lord thing i if I remember right, it was uh, Jill during the roundtable was talking about how she has stories about all the different Iron Lords in <laughs> yeah, her head. Yeah, that was Jill. That was that and we'll never see. It was we'll yeah. never get those aspects. I, I think that was that wasn't that wasn't yeah. that about their their names. I think she was talking about like how each one of them has like different meanings behind their names and stuff. There's that, and then there was the aspect of like what's Perun doing, and how is she? Oh, how did her story okay. come to be, and where did these warlords come from? Like we may uh-huh. or may not ever get actual background stories to these characters, but there are plenty of those kind of characters that are fleshed out in these writers' heads, 
but they wrote their stories, the Iron Lord stories, in such a way where you're only going to get a snapshot. Mm -hmm. And you have to write that open ending to where, like with the Almighty, we had the closure with Gaul, but there's this Almighty sitting by the sun. What is what's going to happen with it? Well, this season we find out it's going to get hurled at us like a slingshot. <laughs> so they're they have to be able to utilize what's still left open in the universe and create a new story with that as a primary hook. And that's I can't imagine having to do that. I, it would I be that's... a very difficult challenge. Oh yeah, and I think that is part of the reason why we see so many of these loose threads because when you have a team of writers and you know the team of writers is not consistent which i mean no no game has a consistent team of writers they they always change it's just normal but like you know when you have that going on you have to give you know it's almost like i i kind of am starting to see it almost like a professional courtesy of like hey here's your new you know here's a new writer what like instead of making that new writer have to completely introduce a completely new character and a completely new hook and all this new stuff they're like here's a thread about this content uh why don't you uh you know why don't you go down this road or something you know it's kind of like a a icebreaker i guess if you will for the new team but then it also allows the older teams to, I mean, to me also the other thing that I just kind of thought of too, is it also allows the other team to have the freedom to move around. If someone's writing on fallen and they want to take time to write on cabal, I don't know. I don't know the functionality of the politics of how all this works. That's, that's something internal politics that Bungie probably has figured out. But like, if you have people who want to change stories, I could see that almost like being a way to allow that between the seasons. Because we know that the narrative leads um, are seasonal. Because I know, like mm-hmm. John John Toe was the narrative lead for Shadowkeep, um, and I just blanked on the dude's name or the the name for season of Unworthy. And then I know there's someone. Gee new. wrote Black Armories. The Gee was the Black Forge. Armory. Um, so was John. Uh, yeah. And they're and they're like, but like, and I know when when I talked when I talked with Guy or you know whenever I talk with him and chat with him, he's always very clear that it is not like one person's leading it. It's a group effort, but it's like you know there is that that kind of sense of, uh, I guess first among equals comes to mind that concept. Um, More collaborative thing, than, right? Yeah, you know, one guy's telling everybody, oh, "This is the way it's going to be. You got to fit into my vision." You know, it's more, it sounds like it's more, it's yeah, it's, it's more of like a, a big team get together, mm-hmm. but it, like, I mean, but that, that to me makes, makes the whole thing of the loose threads make more so sense. leaving loose threads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leaving loose threads makes it easier for them to pick it up. It makes it more seamless. Date. Yeah. It makes it more yeah. seamless. But, uh, green, do you think that's a good place to kind of, I kind of want to see if we have. I, I kind of want to put a call out for people if they're still listening and, and they're, you know, they have their own theories. I would like to hear them. You know, I want to see people's thoughts. And even if you, uh, if we get enough people interested, we might, I might put together like a, a small article on the website of different predictions. Sure. That sounds like a good idea. I'll put, I'll put a call out on Twitter and we'll get that out there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. But are you, are you good if we jump into shout outs? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Gar, what shout outs do you have for us? You guys, thank you for having me on the show. Shout out to the guys I play with in my clan. I'm uh, in one of the Dads of Destiny clans. Um, clan's one of the oldest ones that Dads of Destiny has. The only older one is the first Dads of Destiny clan. So shout out to the guys that um, put me through the, you know, go through the raids and stuff with me and learn about all these cool lore stuff. Um, uh, yeah. Awesome. Green, what about you? Family for letting me play video games as much as yeah. I do. <laughs> Shout outs to the families who are very understanding during these times. It's one of those difficult situations where everybody's in it together and your family may or may not be great at working together during the normal times, but this this situation is definitely going to make you learn, look at it a little cl- more closely and how you interact with how with your own family members and with other families. It's certainly an interesting time. So shout out to the family members of any gamer, podcaster, life coach. I don't know. Just families are important. Be around your family. Very patient with me with these. uh, I go on the podcasts because I I do one on Friday, too. That's why I miss most of your guys' show. That's it. Um, and for, yeah, for me, I just want a uh, big shout out to everyone, you know, kind of same, same as green, uh, the patients and everything well, as everyone kind of figures out the new flow or the new, as everyone's kind of referring to it as the new normal, um, you know, it's, it's a learning experience for everyone and the patience has been really cool to see, um, and to experience. And we have been on the receiving end of that patience and it's, it's much appreciated, um, but yeah, so I, I really, that's, that's kind of the, the extent of my, my shout out. Um, and as always, I just wanted to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember with wisdom, we conquer, stand strong, stand tall and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.